0: Hello!
2: Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. How are you? How are your friends? How are your families? How are the pets? How's everything going? Because this, this time it's quite hard. I'm out of breath. I'm out of breath because now I record the podcast from upstairs. And stairs are like a big physical ask for me these days. And I used to walk, I used to live in London and walk, what, 10,000, 20,000 sometimes steps a day? And now I'm lucky if I break 400. I gotta start taking my phone to the bathroom, you know, get my steps up. I still live in London in a way. I just kind of live on the very outskirts of London. So if you're a real estate agent, if you're my real estate agent, then it is a London postcode. But if you know the difference between city and country, then I kind of live in the country with access to the London Underground. You know, I'm on the edge and I drive now. First, I got a driver's license because I thought it would make me drink glass alcohol. And it worked. It's not like I was ever getting drunk drunk. It's just I was having lunch drinks, day drinks at meetings, never getting drunk, never more than tipsy. But it would definitely mean that I would have a glass of wine and not be able to operate a vehicle. And I thought, well, I don't want to have a glass of wine this early. I would like to be like every other white mom in this country and wait until 3 p.m. So well done, you. If you are using your hour of government-sanctioned exercise to walk outside, I think that is great. I just ate a bunch of gummy, clustered nerds. Do you know what nerds are? They're these little, sweet, tangy candies that are kind of crunchy. They come in a box. They were really fun when we were young because the box had two sections. And you'd slide open the one side and it had orange banana. You'd slide open the other side and there'd be blue raspberry or something a load of amazing combinations. I don't know if you had those in the UK, but I know you can access nerds now. Well, Kylie Jenner herself influenced these gummy cluster nerds on her Instagram. And I am a sucker for product placement. I am a whore. I am a consumer. And then I ordered them online from a man called Jeff Bezos. And they arrived at my house and they're freaking delicious. So I'm going to be on a bit of a sugar high for at least the next five minutes ah I found a video of my old stand-up this is genuinely over a decade old I had a different voice and I mean I had a creative voice that was different from the authentic one that I've learned to confidently speak with now but I also had a literally different voice I was so stressed out after the birth of my daughter that I had this really scratchy voice for just over a year And she was three months old when I did this gig. Oh, you can't see the video. But looking at my body, I know that I was Victorian poor. I know that I was stressed to the max. And I'm a lot happier now in my life with the body that I have now. I don't advocate poor body image or starving yourself. But look, even if you have what is deemed a generally socially aspirational body type, you can still have problems with your own body, you can still say, Oh, wow, I was thinner then." Oh, wow, let's examine these body issues that I have, even though I get it. I've not had to go through life with the same stigma as other people. One of my friends is a famous American comedian. And she said on Twitter the other day, is there a vaccine but for losing the 15 pounds that I put on during COVID lockdown? And the body positive community, the fat acceptance community jumped all over this. And they were like, you rich, privileged, white bitch. How dare you say, okay, I think there's a little bit of projecting going on. She's not advocating that the people who listen to her should also feel badly about their bodies or try to lose 15 pounds. She's just saying in her own life, she was more comfortable in her clothing when she's at the working healthy size that she's usually comfortable at that doesn't have anything to do with how you are or the skin that you're in and I know that the right thing to do is to be aspirational to always say the good thing but nobody's perfect and sometimes you look at old pictures of yourself and you go all right my face and my body have changed and I wish that we could project you know perfect statements all the time But we can't. I know that it's bad messaging to send out to say that you feel any type of way about your body. But I have to be honest, I look at this video and I think, what is this 12-year-old child doing having a baby? How did she steal Lindsay Lohan's arms? And who booked this terrible fucking comedian for their show?
3: Um, I still tell people I'm pregnant and not just when they're breaking up with me. Um, Just attention, because then they're like, six months pregnant, should she be that skinny? (laughs) Like, relax, I just carry it well, you know? And then they're like, six months pregnant, should she be snorting cocaine off that guy's chest? (laughs) Like, relax, he's the father. (laughs) Whatever. You make the rules at your baby shower, fat ass. I... (laughs) I hate you mom thank you <laughs> my child is like an exact mix of my fat sister and my husband like not in looks but you know like like my sister um she spends most of the day eating and crying <laughs> um, which is adorable <laughs> um and then like check on her when she's sleeping to see if she's choked on her vomit (laughs) he drinks
2: suffice to say we've come a long way in a decade and sure we still have a long way to go fat jokes were fine uh I felt like I had to paint a picture of myself like this absolute wild drug taking hussy with bad boyfriends and terrible relationships I mean he wasn't my husband I don't know why I just felt more legitimized saying that I was married to this person Uh, (laughs) I don't know what character I felt like I had to construct so that people would like me but I'm so happy that I can be more myself now and I am sure that I'll look at videos 10 years from now of the stand-up that I'm doing today and be like a what? And I mean, yeah, that's already happening with the way that I articulate myself. I can always see where my intention is. It's in the right place. But yay, yay. we learn. While we're going through Never Heard Before stand-up, here's another clip that I found. And this is from a private TV sort of celeb awards show. So the types of people in the audience were like Holly Willoughby, Philip Schofield, Pierce Morgan, the Love Island cast, all from late 2019. This never was published or went anywhere on television. But I thought, hey, I just found it. Might as well share some of the gags here.
3: BBC. drinking from paper straws, and even my surgeon has switched to biodegradables in my face. I hope to be so plastic-free by 2025 that I could be legally buried at sea. That's my goal. Strictly is starting soon, and that means a fresh crop of jilted exes will be acting surprised. I can't wait to see it. Of course, he is cheating on you with the dancer wrapping her legs around his face five nights a week, babe. Thank you. I would be disappointed in my husband if he didn't cheat. They're young, they're bendy. Do they babysit? Could they put a load of washing on? If you're going to be banging my husband till Christmas, you could at least take some of the other housework off my hands while you're at it. Go ahead. I feel like BBC producers have missed a trick letting the public learn of these affairs in the tabloids. I say reveal it on the live shows. (laughs) Dramatic music. Bring out the celebrity lawyers. Whose family assets will we be saying goodbye to this week? Speaking of splits, is anyone from Love Island still together? Really? Which of you have got clothing lines and how many different outfits can I buy for a pound? My... My 10-year-old daughter is looking for a job in a factory. Come clean! Is Love Island just a long-term study on the effectiveness of the morning after pill? How has Molly Mae managed to make Kim Woodburn's hairstyle cool? My favorite Tommy was adorable. They asked him on a radio show to name a country that started with the letter H, and he said Hamsterdam. <laughs> you kids watch Peaky Blinders and wondered whether people in 1920s Birmingham really did walk in slow motion to music by Kasabian <laughs> Mora was a revelation. Really voracious young woman on television it was like fleabag for people who don't know where brussels is <laughs> phoebe waller bridge she's amazing yes i have asked phoebe to write my next six relationships It's great to see strong female characters being written by women. And I am sorry that it took us all this time to know ourselves better than men do. But thank you for your patience, gentlemen. We did get there in the end. The stars of soaps are here. Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, EastEnders. Soaps continue to hold a mirror up to Britain, and that mirror said you are a psychopathic, murderous sex offender who should not be allowed to drive. I like that guy after EastEnders who says, if you've been affected by any of the themes in tonight's episode, if you have experienced anything that happens in Albert Square, you have been cursed by a damn witch. person in television, it's the J. Say. People say Gemma Collins is difficult to work with. She's rude. She's entitled. She's late. And all I'm hearing is Gemma Collins is a fucking star. She's not even here. She is too fabulous to show up. That is how I want my entertainers. Do better.
1: Ah,
2: do you know what makes me sad is that going through that, I had to actually cut a lot of it out and I couldn't publish it for the podcast because I do bump into these celebrities from time to time. I work with them. Sometimes they are on panel shows and I see them places and a lot of them have been like, um, you hurt my feelings when you said that joke at the award show. I don't get it. I don't get how... This type of stuff that I do hurts feelings, but I appreciate that if it does, that's completely not my intention. I try to roast playfully. And if someone tells me they're not up to it, then I'll absolutely never do it again. And I don't know, in the future, I guess I should approach, like, excuse me, Dolly Parton, do you mind if I say the following? Let's be very clear. I would never say anything bad about Dolly Parton. That is an example, but I don't feel like I'm being bad about any of these people. All the ones you heard were fine with it, by the way. But there are a few. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Anyway, so that is some never-before-heard stand-up. I hope you like it. I hope maybe you listened to it on your walk and you were like, oh, yeah, remember live people in real life? I'm on tour, by the way, in 2021, and you can get tickets for that now. I think a lot of my other comedian friends are going on tour, so please, as always, I will interject and just say, support live comedy when and where you can. I am running out of things to talk to my therapist about. I have a therapist. I've spoken about her before. She is a genius. I needed her when times were really tough. And this year is very tough. Last year was tough for people. I had some personal tragedies to work through. But overall, I bounced back quickly. And I don't feel like I need regular therapy. But I like this therapist. I think she's very smart. Sometimes we just discuss things. And it's really good to get her point of view On things that have nothing to do with me. Sometimes I'll just be like, what do you make of this and that? Oh, this week we watched 24 Hours in Police Custody. And I could not wait to bring this up with Pam because it's such a psychological thriller in a way. If you've not seen 24 Hours in Police Custody, Twitter has a really good way of marketing and reinforcing it because it always trends when it's on. It's on Channel 4. I'm pretty, yes, and you can watch other seasons, but there were just a few standout episodes that come out recently. There was one where some boys committed a murder and that was very intense and you're always guessing along the way. What happened? What happened? and Channel 4 tells the story so well. There was another one, I think a couple weeks ago, about drug dealings. That was compelling, but the latest is a woman who allegedly is trying to have her ex-husband killed. And she seems like the victim in the beginning. But holy crow, this lady has, spoiler alert, Munchausen's on another level. I don't mean to disparage Munchausen's. It is an actual listed mental illness, I believe. If you're not sure what Munchausen's is, it's when you are kind of a hypochondriac who always has something wrong and doctors struggle to get to the bottom of what it is because I think it's psychosomatic. Is that a respectful definition? And then Munchausen's by proxy, I think we've seen it a lot in film and television, it's when you place that illness on someone else for attention. So maybe you keep your child sick, like in the sixth sense, Misha Barton, the little girl who dies, her mother has Munchausen's by proxy where she's poisoning the little girl's food. And keeps her daughter sick so they're in and out of hospital and she gets attention that way. That is Munchausen by proxy. This lady had Munchausen, I believe. And she came into the police station after a recording of herself asking her boyfriend to kill her ex-husband was brought to the police by the boyfriend. And right away, they're like, we are questioning you for attempted murder. She falls on the floor. She needs a wheelchair this woman is amazing. She has this injury. She has that pain. They have to stop questioning her, take her to the hospital. Please go slowly over the bumps in the car so you don't hurt my hip. She knows exactly how to play the system to the point that when they finally get her back for questioning and they need to feed her lunch, she said, oh, I'm gluten free. And then later ask for a sandwich and they're like, no, she's not getting a sandwich. She said she's gluten free. And then they bring her rice and she's like, does this have meat in it? Is it spicy? I also don't eat those things. And it's amazing the lengths that the police force has to go to to make sure that they, because what they want to do at the end of the day is question you ethically and properly and take good care of you. In the interrogation phase, so that the case doesn't completely get thrown out and a murderer or would be murderer gets off on a technicality. Oh, well, you know, they wouldn't feed me. I was treated unfairly, blah, blah, blah. So they keep bending to her whim, because on some level, they have to. And this woman is just someone who was using dating websites as a way to meet habitually violent men or people that she believed she could convince to kill her husband. And then all this other stuff comes out that she's done in the past. It is such a good show. And I don't even think it's on regularly. You just have to wait. You watch it on all four catch up, or you just wait for another 24 hours in police custody to come out. And they're always two parts. And they're amazing. And there's not a lot that I really love to watch right now. And I do struggle with violence and murder. But I mean, luckily, no one dies in this one. And it's just a lovely story. It's a beautiful story of Munchausen's and I think it's very healthy for me to see problematic women when my husband Bobby K whom I love whom I still love when he came into my life I explained to him that I mean there's no other way to say it. I'm basically afraid of men Uh, due to past incidents perhaps in my life these will be outlined in my memoirs but I mean yeah they scare me I don't understand why so many men not all men are violent I don't understand a lot of things that go on Catelyn Moran articulated it really well when she said women sometimes feel like we're living on a planet of bears and these bears are like apex predators and they can be adorable and you know you can really love the bears you don't want anything bad to happen to the bears but equally they could take a swipe at you and you just kind of don't know what a bear is going to do i explained to bobby that I really love women, women are not capable of this and that and women are great. And he said, no, women are absolutely capable of being dangerous, psychopaths, women can do all these bad things. And I said, no, I just don't think that's the case. And then he met my friends, slowly started integrating himself into my group of friends here in the UK. And I'm friends with some of the best women on the planet, Emily Dean, Sarah Pasco, Roisin Connelly. I just have the nicest girlfriends. And then he conceded and he was like, oh, yeah, well, You are friends with only amazing women and you've only experienced utterly formidable women in your life. So of course you don't think that women are capable of terrible things. Uh, You need to know some toxic women. And so every time I do see a toxic woman, like on 24 Hours in Police Custody, it's good for me. I think it's refreshing sort of deprogramming of my fears. And it's so weird when you tell a lot of men... Well, I'm afraid or anytime I make jokes about, you know, man or nature's gun, you're most likely to be killed by the one in your house. When I say stuff like that, it's coming from this fear and certain men get so mad. Like you fucking. And then, well, that doesn't make me feel better. I'm like, "Ah, yeah, see, I'm afraid. but I am improving. Here I am now talking about my sponsor.
0: Ready to pop the question?
1: That's stamps.com. Code program.
2: Here's an email about sisters. Catherine, my sister is in what I would class as an emotionally abusive relationship. Her partner treats her with no respect, compulsively lies, and expects her to do everything for him. If you look up the definition of a sociopath, it's unmistakably him, word for word. They've been together for nearly 10 years, and he's been like this right from the beginning. My sister is my only close family as we don't have our parents in our lives, so I've spent a lot of time at her house. My issue is, he's repeatedly been horrible to me and verbally, personally attacked me for no good reason more times than I can count, thus leaving me in floods of tears and having to leave in a fragile state every time. I understand that people will allow themselves to be treated poorly when these kinds of relationships happen and that it's her own decision, but I don't understand how she can let him treat me this way, her family. It breaks my heart that she, over and over, stays with him, despite how he continually treats me with no respect. I know for a fact that if I had a boyfriend who treated her the same way once, I'd make him immediately resolve it. And if it happened again, he'd be history. It makes me feel like she doesn't care about me, which is really upsetting. Do you think I'm out of line for expecting her to leave her partner over this? All she says to me is, I'm not him, and that I have to stop blaming her. But as they are a partnership, I disagree. Ordinarily, if somebody was affecting my mental health as much as this, I'd just cut ties. However, that would also mean losing touch with my two young nieces, with whom I'm really close and love so much, and her two dogs, which sounds stupid, but they're really important to me. Well, I find it fascinating that right away you mention collateral. You say, normally, these would be my boundaries, I imagine, but in this situation, I'm not prepared to lose. Contact with my sister, contact with my nieces, contact with the dogs. And it's possible, very possible, that your sister is thinking the same. I know a lot of people who are in unhappy relationships and they think, oh, well, normally I would not allow myself to be treated this way. I wouldn't let someone speak to my sister that way. But I don't want to lose half the time with my daughters, half the time with my dogs, all the terrible hassle and admin that goes into a divorce. A divorce is. The hardest thing. This is why people who are not married, if you're listening, you need to be so careful about who you marry, so careful about who you have kids with. Because she might be feeling the exact same as you, and she has even more to lose than you do, especially if he's a sociopath. I mean, if she's anything like me, she might be afraid to leave. And the worst thing that you can do is isolate someone that you love who's in this situation, because in the event that she would think about leaving, she has less support without you, or maybe she might not want to come to you with her tail between her legs and say, oh, you were right. I think you should more or less ignore him and maybe create a pantomime for your sister to watch. Because sometimes people are unable to see themselves from the inside. So the next time her partner speaks to you the way you know he's speaking to her, just sit there and tolerate it don't complain to your sister, don't say anything back, sit there and do whatever it is she does that you feel perpetuates this behavior and legitimizes the way he behaves in the house. And after a while, I think she might, you know, it's it's a chance. She might look at you and see the way he's acting and see the way you're acting and think, why is she letting him get away with this? What's she doing? She needs to stand up for herself. And then, oh, uh huh, light bulb goes off and she goes, wait a minute, I'm my sister. I sit there and take the same thing. We'll see how stupid that looks. I mean, you're not stupid if you're in this kind of relationship. I've been there, it's tough. But, you know, that might be a very useful maybe even the most genius advice I've ever given. Sit there and take it like your sister does. And hopefully she will see herself in you. Here's another called Catherine. Am I still in love with my ex? Oh my gosh. I get these emails all the time now because I married my ex and the grass is always greener. That's not what they say. They say everything looks better in the rear view. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't know. Most people... Our ex is for a reason. Please remember that. No, you are not in love with your ex. Maybe you are nostalgic for your teenage years. I don't know. Maybe this person's in love with their ex for real. I'm going to read the email. That was just a PSA that had to be said. Catherine, am I still in love with my ex? Backstory. We'd been together when we were 12 as best friends and became in a relationship when we were 16. We were so in love with each other, but we did fight and we acted nasty to each other. Over text, we never fell out in person. We were keyboard warriors. Well, yeah, you were 16. I ended things when I was going to university, which is over four years ago. We have mutual friends, so we've spoken to each other a good few times over the years, and I still feel a spark. Although, when we were broken up, he went through quite a bad stage and got in trouble with the law. We've kissed once since our breakup, hopefully in prison. We have both been in brief relationships with others over the past four years, but I get sick of people so easily and I end up dumping them after a month, and he's the same way. I can't stop thinking about him and imagining before with him, but I don't know if it's because that's what I was used to growing up and it's all I've really known. Basically, my question is, could this person be my soulmate? Is it worth pursuing, or should I just wait and see if our paths cross again in the future? I mean, I cannot say from this email whether or not you are in love with your ex? Because you're still very young, you went to uni four years ago, and you've kind of described a lot of the dating patterns of 20-somethings. You do lose interest quickly. I guess no matter how old you are, you will lose interest quickly with the person who's not right for you until your interest is kept by the person who is right for you. Does that need to be your first ever boyfriend? I mean, it's a romantic story. But if you're talking about forever, not to stigmatize someone who's been to jail, but don't you kind of want to be with a guy who isn't going to be held back in terms of getting a job? He hasn't had any problems with law enforcement. I would be very interested to know what these problems were. Hopefully he was robbing the rich to feed the poor and he wasn't beating his girlfriend. You know, I need to know what these crimes were. Um... I guess there's only one way to find out if you live in some proximity where it makes sense to start dating again. I would reach out to him and I would say, very honestly, I still have feelings for you. I'm not sure what this means. Is it nostalgia? Is it spark something more? Why don't we have another go at dating as adults? And that's the only way that you can know. And if you lose interest or if you start bickering again, because you might fall back into your little childhood roles and start keyboard worrying or whatever it was you were doing. Um, that might not be great, but yeah, just give it a go. You have nothing to lose, and then you'll know for sure. I just took a very big risk right now and downloaded two videos that were attached to an email about nightmare neighbors. Now the last time I was sent a video, it was a nude man filming himself from the waist down, slapping his penis around. I would say like a helicopter, but Sort of the vibe that it was going in a helicopter could not really have remained suspended in air. It was not a smooth helicopter movement. Anyway, this was a genuine video of the sound of two neighbors fighting. And here is the accompanying email. Catherine, my partner and I bought our first house two years ago, halfway through my degree, alongside planning our dream wedding. But it didn't take long for our lovely, proud moment of buying our first home to turn into a nightmare. The house is a semi-detached and we are attached to neighbors that I can only describe as being from hell. We hear everything, well, everything but them having sex, which the way they speak to each other does not surprise me if they have no sex life. They scream at each other constantly. Oh my gosh, by the way, certain people who passionately fight and scream at each other, they also have loud screaming sex. Just sometimes back and forth, it's absolutely wild I've had neighbors like that, so it's not always one without the other, but I digress. And if they're not screaming at each other, the two-year-old they have is making our walls shake with the amount of noise he is creating. Oh no! From 6am to 8pm, it's those two shouting or the child banging. 8 p.m. to 4 a.m., the vile excuse of a man is screaming at his Xbox, which sounds like a shit Yorkshire porn star squawking at all hours. We have had the police round. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We've attempted to make a noise complaint to the council, had nice words, had nasty words, and threatened to ring the landlord. And now we're attempting to sell our home in a pandemic, but no one will buy it. Both my partner and I work in education. So as you can imagine, we're under a huge amount of stress. We love our jobs. It's our biggest passion. It pisses us off that they excuse their own child's behavior by his age and say that we wouldn't understand because we don't have children. We return home and we are brought to tears or we have to hide in our bathroom to get a bit of peace from these children that are not ours. We've also distanced ourselves massively as we tried to be friends with them, but we found we just ended up caring for or entertaining their kids or caring for their dog, which they don't look after at all. I finally got the confidence to go around at 3 a.m. and say that if the noise didn't stop, I was going to Amazon Prime them some gimp masks to shut them up. I always feel guilty or that I'm a bitch, even when I'm not in the wrong we're heartbroken and depressed. We don't know what we can do. It's affecting us every day and our sex life too and our relations which becomes emotional as we want a family but now we're worried they can hear us as much as we can hear them. Oh well first of all don't worry that they can hear you. So many people are concerned about the opinions of others when those others don't care about your opinion or your well-being at all. I'm sure you guys aren't having crazy loud Sex, like just have sex, have a family. I mean, don't let them put you off. Your family is not going to be like their family. Do what you need to do to live your life. Do not rush sell your house for a lower price than you deserve in a pandemic because you deserve the equity in that house. You deserve to live there. I wouldn't go over and be confrontational with them or yell at them because obviously that's the type of interaction that everyone in that household is used to. And you're just speaking their language. And anyone who yells like that all day and all night in front of their children obviously thinks that's how you speak and that yelling is fine. I really don't know what I would do. You've called the police. You've made a complaint. You could drop off church pamphlets or gather some pamphlets on relationship healing. Like, make them think the neighborhood is really worried. Uh, Let me call my sister. She might know. Word. Word. I thought that you would answer.
4: I'm just finishing up the lasagna.
2: I didn't know you even ate lasagna. It's
4: gluten-free with yeah. the rice noodles.
2: Still, I didn't know that you ate like anything like that.
4: I don't normally, but you know, just
2: felt like it. Needs be in a pandemic. Needs must. It needs um. Be. It's the second time I've eaten it in a year. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so excited to be joining you on this biannual occasion. I'm just doing the podcast and there's a woman who's struggling. Can you turn your TV off or is someone else watching? Yeah. It? Thank you. Be professional when I call you with no warning. I didn't know that. So this woman has a terrible neighbor and they fight and they fight and they yell and they scream basically all day and all night. But you can hear it all in her house. But she just bought her house. And if she sells it, she'll lose loads of money. And she's asked them to stop and she's called the police and she's made noise complaints. And they basically just scream all night and their children scream and it's a nightmare. So... As someone who has nearby neighbors, have you ever had bad neighbors, and what would you do? I have so much
4: knowledge in this. Um, You get used to it.
2: What?
4: (laughs) You just get used to it. Like, the neighbors (laughs) we've been living beside for six years are constantly jamming. The first week we lived here, Alan and I were going to bed, and late, because we worked in the service industry, so it was probably 2, 3 a.m., Back in the day when there was still a service industry and they were jamming to like ABC, easy as one, two, three. And Great it three jam before bed. Um, but constantly there's like crying and yelling and running up the stairs and really loud music. because our house is attached. Yes. Yeah. And it's been six years and it just doesn't bother us anymore. We have a theory that they're building a spaceship next door because it's been six years and they've seemed to be under construction for the last six years with screaming.
2: Oh, they're doing music. construction, too.
4: It goes on. So it's screaming, music, construction. All of the above.
2: Oh, no. Do you have any coping mechanisms for getting used to it, or you just got used to it because that's who you it's, are?
4: I just get used to it. It's like white noise after a while. If there's not noise, that's when I'm like, oh, no, should I call the cops? Are they all dead?
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's when you worry. It's
4: fine. And I also have um, a loud mother-in-law. Yeah. And she speaks... Really loudly at around 6 a.m. when she calls the Philippines in the morning. Oh. And the neighbors have complained about that. And so we just said, call the Philippines at 7 in the morning instead. So you can be loud at 7. And that works? Yeah. They stopped complaining now that it's past the noise hour. It's just, you just get used to it. Everything's annoying at first. You're always going to find issues
2: Yeah, but with whoever you live beside. You are considerate people who've given your mother-in-law... A solution to compromise with her neighbors, but this woman would love for her neighbors to push the hours or you know even give them some respite, but they don't listen to anything. so then how did you get your mother-in-law to agree to make that phone call an hour later? Well she had a problem with the other neighbor, the neighbor had a problem with her, and I said there's no
4: need to fight with it anymore if they're complaining, stop what they're complaining about
2: I don't know if these and people then- are going to budge.
4: Well, probably not, but there's no point in moving. Just live there for five years and then move. If she lives in Ontario, it's a good time to move because the interest rates on mortgages are so low, like 1.6%. So I know people that are canceling their mortgages, paying the fee just in order to get a lower percentage on their um, rate.
2: Oh, maybe she could do that.
4: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, she just moved in, so maybe she didn't
2: have that option. No, she moved in pre-pandemic, but I'm considering that just.
4: Oh no, yeah, then pre-pandemic that was a year ago. So mortgage rates were probably about three percent now. Now they're like one point six. There it's you go. The, sometimes it's nine hundred dollars. Sometimes it's five thousand, depending on how much the mortgage is. But it's worth just doing that, and then you get a lower mortgage rate.
2: Okay, I think maybe that's what she needs to do because getting used to it feels like just a, a weird six year investment that you've made and no one else is going to be prepared to make but you could move to another place where you get even worse neighbors that's the gamble
4: that is the gamble and I don't know I I got used to Alan's story and he stayed at your place you can hear that from a mile away
2: yeah but we love Alan and she doesn't love her neighbor that's
4: fine you don't have to love your neighbor my neighbor's super annoying too it's
2: fine alright you got anything else you want to add nope how's your life I'm
4: Good. i'm going to be eating lasagna in 24 minutes
2: <laughs> i've gained about 30 pounds the last two weeks oh my god no listen i started this podcast talking about body image and people like you and me are not allowed to say we gained 30 pounds or that we're upset about it wait why because we have I'm, i laughed about it right i know but i guess we're not even allowed to say it because we have thin privilege and we have white privilege and we have all these other privileges and we do have all those privileges Right. So we have a yeah, stunning privilege. Yeah, I've always talked about that one. That's a big one. But yeah, you have to be sensitive and not complain if you gain a bit of weight because gaining a little bit of weight in the pandemic is OK. You've made no mistakes. You've lived your life exactly the way you needed to make it through this time. And you feel great and you look great, I'm sure.
4: I look fabulous. I'm not complaining about it.
2: Just stating a fact. Great. Well, you always manage to bookend this podcast. You always talk about the first thing I start talking about without even knowing it
4: because we've been together for
2: 32 years now. We can read each other's minds at this point. True that. Okay, well, by the time your past is ready, my podcast will be live so you can listen. Okay, love you. Bye-bye, love you. So there you go. I think cancel your mortgage, if that is a possibility. Speak to a financial advisor, get a new mortgage at a lower interest rate, and you won't lose so much money, and then you can leave these neighbors. And by the way, there's a reason I didn't call my sister during the question about the concerned sister Um, whose sister was dating a sociopath, is because my sister Carrie and I had that exact situation. And I forget. I mean, she did not deal with it in a calm, constructive way like I suggested. Well, we'll get her back on the phone. I'll find out what she did. But I might not be able to even include it because it was bad. Hello? Oh, hello. So I just forgot to ask you. There was a question earlier in the podcast where a sister was concerned about the boyfriend that her sister had. And I was going to ask you, not like like the worst boyfriend that I had, the one you hated the most, yep. how did you deal with that on the trip? Because I forgot exactly what you said. Um,
4: I, I didn't deal with it well, and then... Well, I knew that, yeah. As I, I, I was the first one that left, because we all live in different places, and I said bye to everyone, and then I spat in his face.
0: Oh, yeah!
4: Yeah. And then I, and then I got home and I emailed his dad and then I pretty much told his dad that he did a horrible he and his wife did a horrible job of raising their child. Um, and that he still has work to do, um, because this is like a problem for society. And I told him that he should really encourage his son to seek help and that he was still his responsibility because of his behavior and then I told him thanks for watching the dogs
2: oh yeah right 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 he never replied to me (laughs) no it's so funny that you and I go after people's parents because (laughs) when I finally broke up with him and that wasn't why you know I don't know what the catalyst anyway um his mother reached out to me being like oh sorry for everything and I told her to basically go fuck herself as well That's so funny. I didn't have her contact information, so I went after the dad. Yeah, but we hit them from all angles. Yeah, so, okay. I just wanted to rejog my memory on that. That was not my advice to this woman, and I'm glad it wasn't. Okay, enjoy your lasagna. (laughs) bye. Bye. Carrie and I do not endorse behavior like that. We were in our 20s, and this guy called me the C word in front of my dad. I think my dad might have cried I don't know he got really quiet for a while I don't know what happened it was a bad trip and that was like the least of his infractions because in this country we use the c-word so I don't even look upon that as one of the worst things he did but anyway don't do that. It was great to hear from Carrie. I really hope she enjoys her lasagna. I really hope that you're having delicious meals wherever you are and that you're with people that you love and that you're keeping your head up and that you're getting exercise and that you're feeling good. I love hearing from so many of you. Loads of emails that I didn't get to today. If you would like to write me one, the address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. What else have I got that I can tell you about that's fun coming up? Not sure. I mean, I can only really think one day at a time. So right now, email me if you like. I'm going to get to a bunch more next week. And I hope you have an awesome time. Until then, I'll see you soon. Bye.